You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. But I, I do want to shift the focus here and talk about how this win sets the Knicks up in Eastern Conference currently. So with this win, the Knicks have sole possession of the sixth place spot in the Eastern Conference, meaning if things ended today, the Knicks would be squarely in the playoffs. They would have avoided the play-in tournament. They currently sit ahead of Indiana, Miami, Atlanta, and Toronto, who hold the 7 to 10 spots. So when you see Knicks right now in the playoff spot, Definitely didn't look like we'd be there when we started this podcast, but then they've won every game since. Uh, do you think the Knicks have a chance to hold off those other teams and stay in that top six, Tommy? Well, first of all, just looking at the schedule and, and thinking ahead, uh, a Knicks-Nets 6-3 first-round matchup might be – you think some fans might be interested in that? You think that I, I think they good? would. <laughs> they would. Uh, we're a long way from that, um, obviously. That being said – um, Pacers are currently seven seed. Um, I don't expect them to, I, I, you know, they're game over 500. I'd be very surprised if the Pacers were above 500 at the end of the season. The next two teams, are, I think, obviously, the teams you have to worry about coming up and catching and past the Knicks. The Heat uh, finally won two games in a row. Looks like they're starting to right the ship a little bit, as we kind of all expected they would. Uh, they're currently just a game under 500. Hawks headed in the wrong direction. They've lost two in a row, but still only a game under 500. We know about the talent they, they, they have uh, with Trey Young, who's been atrocious of late, uh, to be fair, um, the king of Broadway has <laughs> played more, like play more like a prince or, or maybe a pauper. Or, or, the, or, the, or the court jester, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so, but listen, you got DeAndre Hunter. They've dealt with some issues. Bogey's been, yeah. been banged up. Um, you know, we'll see if, when they get John Collins back. And, and obviously, Clint Capella has been solid. Um, the Raptors, on the other hand, two games under 500 right now. Um, they've lost three in a row. They've looked horrible. Two losses to Orlando and Bo Bowl, um, who's, who's, who's just so much fun to watch right now. Yes. And then, then on the outside of the, of the plane looking in, you have the Bulls and the Wizards. Uh, Wizards are just, you know, they, they have completely imploded. Yeah. Uh, they lost, they, they've lost eight in a row. No Bradley Beal last night. Chris Depps Porzingis, um, is dealing with a bad back. And, and that's no surprise to Nick fans that he's, that he's a little bit dinged up. Um, surprise, Bulls, surprise. Bulls, Bulls are five games under 500. Um, so I, I listen, Chicago could turn around. Um, they, they've been healthy, um, you know, outside of, uh, Alonzo ball. So, um, I wouldn't, you know, I think, you know, obviously the Knicks are in a far better position than they were a week ago. Um, I don't think it changes the ultimate upside because they're nowhere near the, that top tier of uh, of the Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, Nets, and Sixers. You know, those yeah. five are in a class by themselves. Um, but listen, the Knicks are, you know, I, I, you know, I think they'll probably hang around the seven, eight seed. I, I, I suspect Miami again will get it together and kind of establish themselves as that sixth and final playoff team, not you know, play playing team team above that seven, eight line. Um, right. but the Knicks should be, you know, right there for that seven, eight, nine spot, um, you know, with the, the Pacers, Hawks, Raptors and Bulls. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, at this stage of the game, 
getting those wins in the bank are super important. Um, and the other thing is the Knicks have played well home and away. Uh, they were one of only five teams in the NBA with a winning road record. They're eight and six on the road. Um, you know, they, they failed to, you know, kind of get on track early at home, just seven and seven at home. But, um, they, you know, the defense travels, they played well um, on, on both ends of the floor away from the garden. So assuming they start racking up some some uh, wins at home, at which they should, they have some favorable matchups coming up. Um, you know, again, things are trending in the right direction. We'll talk about it tomorrow and a a week from now and see where they stand. But right now, um, I think you have to be fairly confident that they put themselves in position and will continue to stay in a position to compete for that sixth spot. And then if if nothing else, be in the mix for that, that, that playing spot. Yeah. I mean, when I look at the Knicks in the standings, I mean, like you said, uh, the teams ahead of them, Philly at five, Brooklyn at four, Cleveland at three, Milwaukee at two, Boston at one. That's like the one real downside to like their the Knicks upside towards where they could go because it just feels like that top five is pretty much locked. Like if like you know the, the year I remember the year the year when the Knicks made the four seed, like between like three and like six, it was like and I think even seven, it was kind of all over the place. There were a lot of teams that was already kind of jumbled up. And it felt like, like the, last, the last few days of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like okay, like Knicks could be as high as maybe three, though that kind of fell apart. It was like, but definitely four, and maybe they slip in the play out. But they see there was there was some cushion that okay, even if they lose a couple games, maybe at worst they'll be six. Um, here it's like their upside to me looks like it's six. Like I, I don't know how they 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 pass those other teams. Could Philly find the injury bug again? Maybe that could be the only thing. Philly's already been hurt really all season that's kind of why they there are where they are only about 500 like mb's missed time maxi's missed time hard is missed time so could they pass philly maybe if philly continues to have injury problems maybe um i don't anticipate cleveland falling off a cliff like they did last year unless they have massive injuries which cost them a playoff spot last year um brooklyn seems to have figured themselves out so the, i don't think knicks are as talented as brooklyn and we know milwaukee and and boston are the class of the eastern conference so it really now becomes a kind of just holding off those other teams. Indiana may sell off a lot of their veteran players at some point. So I think Indiana, I'm not too worried about, but I'd worry about Miami, Atlanta, and Toronto just because of what they've done previous years. Last season, Toronto had a really good year. They've been in a tailspin recently, but we know they're an athletic team. Uh, We know they're very well coached with Nick Nurse and they have a good organization. Maybe they figure it out. Atlanta has been kind of a mess, but, they're they're a weird team where the way that regular season goes like they could just turn it on at some point and win nine out of ten to to close the season to get to a spot like that so you can't really ever write them off completely and we know what miami is with pat riley and eric spolster and the team they have so holding those teams off is going to be tough i i feel a lot better about them actually being one of these playing teams but being in a situation where they could definitely make the playoffs and avoid the playing it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. The other thing important to note, all those teams that we've mentioned have dealt with series. We talked about Atlanta's injury. Toronto's been, you know, Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes. And, and, and obviously Siakam's been out of the lineup. Um, yeah. The Knicks, their key players, other than Grimes, have all been healthy. Like, we mentioned it, you know, the, the top three scorers, uh, Brunson, Barrett, and Randall, have played every single game. Um, so, yeah. you know, yes, they've proven durable throughout their careers, but there's no, you know, there's no guarantee, certainly, they're not going to miss two weeks with an ankle or a month with a hamstring or something along those lines. So um, that's something to keep in mind. 
the Knicks have benefited from other teams' injuries. Played the Kings without the Aaron Fox, played the Nuggets yeah. without Jokic, played the Sixers without Embiid and Harden, down and down and down and down on the line. The Knicks have taken advantage of it. Listen, you play the team that's on the schedule in front of you, um, and, and credit to the Knicks for taking advantage of those situations. But at some point, you would assume the injury bubble will bite the Knicks at some point as well. Yeah, and not to go back to the last game, but like that's kind of why I, I was so impressed with last night because it's not like the Bulls don't have injuries. I mean, Ball, but he hasn't played all year. But Ball wasn't out there. I was assuming who I talked about in the last podcast got hurt in the Hawks game, so he couldn't play last night. And then Caruso took his spot, even though he didn't play in the Hawks game. But you see, they had DeRozan, they had Boosfish, they had Levine out there. And I talked about in the last pod how even though the Knicks were beating those teams who were hurt or had guys missing, it was encouraging to see the process to how they were getting those wins and how if they played against tougher competition, you would think that some of that stuff would carry over. And that's essentially what happened in those games, in that game last night against Chicago. So they had some, you know, you know, just like all teams, you trip up, you have a couple of bad minutes of play and then you try to figure it out, but they did figure it out. So you hope that last night can kind of be a precursor to how they will play when they do end up playing some of these other teams who are more healthy, more talented, Knicks were able to get that win last night. It'll be interesting to see how they move forward the rest of the season. I do have one question regarding the standings and where the Knicks sit right now at number six, because I think the word we've heard and the word you used, I think uh, the last podcast or the podcast before um, is the Knicks were, we felt like they were stuck in purgatory. You know, they were kind of in this playing situation, no real upside. It seemed at that time to get beyond the seventh seed, even the seventh seed looked a little bit daunting where they were prior to this winning streak what do you think the outlook is for the knicks if they're able to stay in the top six like let's say this season ends with them as one of the six playoff teams and they play a first round matchup i don't think i wouldn't expect them to be any of these teams that are in the top five but let's say they win two games in the first round like does that change the outlook in terms of tom thibodeau's future or julius randall's future like I, I would be very curious to think what your thoughts are on if this Knicks team is maybe not so much technically in purgatory, maybe something a little better in purgatory. I don't know what is uh, the the good place uh, as as we had in uh, in, the, in that show that was on NBC, one of my favorite all time shows. Like maybe they're in something like that, a place that's kind of mid, not necessarily purgatory, but not so terrible. Like wh- where do the Knicks go from there if that is their ceiling this season? Yeah, I, I think the it won't change the Knicks front office as currently constituted Leon Rose and World Wide West, et cetera, because they've made it obvious. Their plan is to trend in the right direction, you know, not bottom out, while maintaining cap flexibility as, you know, relative cap, cap, cap flexibility, not signing a, you know, not having an albatross contract ideally and also their their draft capital future first round picks second rounders etc um and, and their young players um and hoping waiting however you want to phrase it for a star yeah. to demand a trade and then pounce capitalize and use and, and consolidate those young players draft picks um and and maybe an rj barrett or randall to acquire said superstar um so that would kind of you know and, and that's the reason they 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 went into the season the way they did you know kind of in that purgatory ish area um yeah. so i i don't think it'll change I, I to me if you're asking me personally i think you, if some team is willing to trade for Julius Randle right now, today, you strike while the iron's hot because I don't think I he's a star, you know, or even a second, you know, the, the second best player on a team, at least in New York. He just, it just, it, it's not a great fit. Um, 
So if they could, you know, improve uh, substantially, not only get out from under that contract, it's not a terrible contract, run around the 50th, 50th highest paid player in the league this year, certainly reasonable. Um, and, and for we knock Randall, but for the last four games, averaging 30 plus points, 11 plus rebounds, yeah. four plus assists, four plus made three pointers. Those are tremendous numbers um, that can benefit a lot of organizations. Um, it's just as, as far as the way, you know, Randall's game doesn't necessarily complement Brunson, uh, you know, as much as some other guys could. Um, so that being said, I, I certainly would, you know, listen, Opie Toppin's injured right now. We'd have not you know, no updates on him. Will he miss just the two to three weeks? Um, probably more likely he misses an additional, you know, two or three weeks from at, after his next uh, examination. So it's, it, it's very unlikely they would trade Randall, um, with the team, the six seed in the East and the backup power forward injured, et cetera. But again, as we get closer to the deadline and for thinking big picture, um, let's not fool ourselves into thinking a five game winning streak erases all that ails the Knicks organization. And that, and that right. they're capped as we talked about, if you want to get up to one of those five teams, you're going to have to improve the rosters significantly. That means acquiring a true superstar. And to me, that 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 prop you probably increase the chances of doing so without Randall on your roster. You know, if you can get a, a more complimentary player to Brunson, um, you know, that that would probably make sense, clear a little bit of cap space in the process. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, Brunson in the month of December averaging 27.8 points a game, shooting 45% from the field, averaging 9.8 rebounds, 36% from three. Fellow NBA teams, this could be yours. Do not hesitate. This is what Julius Randle could bring to the table to your organization. And he's a really good guy, gets along with fans, never takes oh, yeah. plays off defensively, always has a great attitude, thumbs up all the time. So listen, yes, you should go all in on <laughs> Exactly, exactly.